What's going on, everybody? Another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone. We are coming to you from the Brewers at 4001 Yancey, like we've been many times before. They're always good to us here. And today we are talking a couple things with a couple guests. So we have a total of five transplants here today. And we're talking a little Ohio versus Charlotte. We're talking a little small business. We've got a whole bunch to cover. But first of all, we're going to do some quick intros. So I am Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting Firm. And then we've got Brandon with Superior Data Solutions. Hey, this is Brian, owner of Maine and Johnson. Awesome. And then today are two guests, both from Ohio. So I don't know why we let them on the podcast. Brian does enough yeah. everything about Ohio. Yeah, we've got Jeff Warner and Brock Buxton. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thanks for it. coming on, guys. Tell us a little bit about each of you. I mean, your business, obviously, you work in the same business now, but give us a little background. Jeff, you start. Yeah, well, me and Brock have a very similar origin story. We're, we're cousins and grew up next door to each other, then followed each other to college, and then followed each other down here to Charlotte. We moved here about eight and a half years ago now. I started off as a value-added reseller in the technology space. Brian, your company would have serviced all the crap I sold people in tech. And then I got pushed into the world of work for a company called Insperity, which I'm sure you've heard of before. They were a great employer for me, but I saw an opportunity to create an agnostic model for the PEO industry and basically helping my clients make better purchasing decisions for the PEO partnerships that they were pursuing. Very nice. Yeah, now you we have had Insperity on before. Ryan Apt, as you know very yeah. well, has been on talking about college football many episodes ago at this yeah. point. Ryan Apt actually is my college football fantasy manager. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you join a fantasy football league and don't end up managing your own team? You delegate wow. to a friend to manage. And I just ask you, Jeff, I mean, if you did win the league, I mean, is that something you can even be prideful of? You know, whenever the Browns win the Super Bowl, do you think that Jimmy Haslam's going to be happy to hoist that trophy even though Andrew Barry constructed the team? I think I'd be perfectly comfortable being a... I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are and I know that Ryan Napton knows way more about college football than I ever care to know and uh, he's a much better asset to me in that function. We just agree to disagree on that front. Well, <laughs> so it's two things that are never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, Ryan App will win me a championship. I'm convinced of that. He, he's done a great job drafting me in the past. Brian, that's probably the most important value you've created for me. It's a reliable fantasy football roster that does not centralize around the Buckeyes. Well, as long as he has some value. That's new to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brock, similar origin story, but go for it. Yeah, so obviously Jeff covered our background in Ohio. I moved down to Charlotte eight years ago. We took different career paths. I jumped into more of the software side here in Charlotte and had a focus on sales and then kind of found my footing in the client success account management realm. So working as that liaison between clients, delivery, and development teams is where I found my footing. And fortunately for me and Jeff, his business has really taken off here at PRP just in a short amount of time in three years. And so we've always joked about maybe joining forces again. I say it again because back in University of Akron, we actually had a sales internship together. Oh, nice. And so ever since then, we always joked, hey, we'd love to start a business together, love to work together in the future. And this past Thanksgiving, huddle around just talking about family and business. And Jeff said, hey, this thing's really taken off. I really think there's an opportunity for you to jump on board. And so the stars kind of align after the new year, and I've actually joined on board this past April. So it's been a blessing for us. It's, it's fantastic to work side by side with your best friend and cousin and just 
really focus on building on the strong foundation he's built uh, again in a short three years. Yeah, and he didn't even give me the family discount. <laughs> the, the negotiations were strong. I believe it. I, you know, that's good. That means you have a good business partner. He there. didn't expect anything less. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is there exactly. a lot of staring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very, uh, it was a very stern negotiation. No, but Brock has had a ton of big life events happen this year. You know, working in the software space and trying to be a client success manager for companies that maybe didn't have everything ready to go for him. I just feel like my business kind of hit a tipping point where we've got a lot of clients that need a lot more attention than I was able to give them. Being a frontline business development guy, kind of chasing after net new business and bringing more revenue into the company and not really paying attention to what was falling out the other side of the bucket. So Brock's really managing all of that and making sure that our clients are heard and, and being attended to in the way that they really deserve to be. Very nice. That's perfect. I'm yeah, sure your clients and, love that too. And retention and acquisition are two very different it, it, positions. It, it's right. funny how much you take revenue for granted when it's coming in and you don't really think about how much effort you put in to get it there. And so I just find that my DNA really always has me very hyper-focused on that net new business. And so I can kind of see my blind spot was becoming bigger and bigger with more and more clients coming on board. So wanted to make sure we didn't create a problem. So we probably hired before attrition really became an issue, but I'm not, you know, I don't have my head in the sand to think that it was always gonna be that way. It needed to have a little bit more intentional focus and Brock's really uh, spearheaded that and really helped me legitimize my business in a way that wasn't just the Jeff shooting from the and not documenting a whole lot and being, <laughs> you know, being a bit of a cowboy in my entrepreneurial journey and really trying to, now we're using HubSpot, we're using things that I'm just very undata disciplined. I mean, he's creating some good habits for me that would have otherwise been procrastinated on for many years. And that's how it happens too. It's just, oh, if there's somebody new knocking on my door, I'm going to go answer the door instead of set up the back end. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're a data guy, Jack, so exactly. you can appreciate that. My business will actually have some semblance of a story to tell one day nice. instead of instead of just, hey, the revenue is growing every month and uh, we should be happy with that. But I think it's more important for us to really be able to properly project out what each client means to us and how we can really see that through to fruition. Right. In every opportunity. We got to get everything out of that head of his. Yeah. Get it all out. Yeah. It's a yeah. big, big head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's a kid's show. <laughs> See, this is actually just a kid's show. Yeah. There's no one else that listen. Yeah. <laughs> Are we posting this on Nickelodeon? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny is the difference between entering data and not. We have the exact same problem. Both of us are owners in the company. And it's like my partner's far better at putting in data. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my thing. Yeah. I feel like I would do anything I could possibly do to actively avoid doing a lot of the things that he's forcing me to do now. So again, it's all things I knew were issues and blind spots and weaknesses of myself. So I'm just glad that it kind of hit the perfect point where he was at a spot with his company that just made sense for him to jump on board with us. And, you know, again, Brock just got engaged about a month. Oh, nice. Month. Congrats. Month. Thank you very much. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. And he's moving into his new house now. He just got, he's got his final walkthrough next week. Yeah. He's got a lot of big, uh, awesome things happening for him. And I'm hoping to be able to provide a, a work environment that allows him to enjoy some of these awesome personal milestones that he has ahead of him. Hence yeah. the very stern and strict negotiation yeah. I brought to the table. There you go. Okay, I got a lot of things going on, Jeff. Let's make this yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Well, let's talk a little about business. And I know Brian, as the business coach on the call, I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on retention versus acquisition and all that stuff. But I know you've been growing like crazy and things are going really well. It sounds like there's a lot of good pieces in place. 
but uh, Brian, give you the chance to kind of jump in here. Well, no, I mean, from what I can hear, I mean, it's definitely music to my ears. I would say, you know, you guys know I have a sales background as well. So kind of coming into that, you're always being asked, you know, somewhere along the line to go get more. And it's sometimes that more can actually come from what you've already got. So, I mean, I think being there to position yourself to nurture the customers you already have relationships with, you know, their businesses are going to change as well. And to be able to do that and put focus on it, I think really pays dividends because sometimes it's just a little bit sexier to chase, you know, the new business, but it might be even more fruitful to uh, retain. And then when you do grow it, it's bottom line and it's addition. It's not just replacement. So cool. That sounds really interesting, guys. Yeah, man. It's something that, you know, if you're increasing your book by 20% every year with net new business, but you're losing 10 or 15% every year. I mean, you're just <laughs> right. kind of hovering around the same status quo. So I feel like that's exactly what my mindset was for it. If we can retain as much as humanly possible and I can keep adding to that top line, then in the long run, it's going to really pay big dividends for the company as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you don't have right. a you, you definitely don't want you. Yeah, no, go ahead. You don't want your business to be like Scooby-Doo feet where you're like you're running, but you're not actually moving and you're putting a lot of effort <laughs> into that running. Right, right. Because that's what led to burnout to me in corporate America, frankly. You know, selling for insperity, you know, you're given a quota and you're given a number by someone that's probably three ladder or four ladder rungs removed from the actual ground floor that you're trying to sell in and doesn't understand the reality in your metro. In Charlotte, it's such a comfortable, you know, city that I really enjoyed from a networking perspective that I feel like you can really turn off, if you turn off a client and you're really pushing yourself on them, that can lead to three or four or five other missed opportunities because you're just focused on trying to get that one deal closed. And in this capacity, we can operate in a much more advisory sense and in a much more of a tempo that the client really wants instead of the tempo that your your boss's bosses want you to sell in. Right. It's so true. And I, I do want to talk about that in Charlotte specifically too, but also just small business in general, because obviously all of us are in small businesses now, we all worked in the corporate world and all of us made the decision to leave that. But so, because I learned this term when I became a small business owner. But for those folks who might not know, what the heck is a PEO? A PE is a fancy word. It's a fancy acronym. All it means is professional employer organization, which that probably confuses you even more. Um, <laughs> Super vague. Really, all of these large companies are co-employing small companies so that small companies have access to big company buying power for benefits and HR resources as a whole. Uh, most small companies are really doing what I do. It's cowboy mode and just trying to don't know what they don't know. They're buying the first thing that comes to them because it checks a box and allows them to focus on generating more revenue, which is most founders do. EOs are really just meant to be an asset for them to help them grow faster and have uh, a better bottom line price when it comes to how they're putting benefits in front of their employees. And obviously we're in the biggest talent war that we probably have ever experienced as a country. Yeah. And small businesses are the ones that generally suffer in those situations because people chase after the corporate bottom the corporate floor is usually pretty appealing you got you know a six-figure salary with a lot of upside and bonuses and yada so these small companies are using PEOs to really kind of bridge that gap between what you know the Bank of America is being able to offer their employees and what a you know a 20-person firm might be able to offer here and yeah. it's essentially an aggregator of the HR solutions correct yeah yeah and it's obviously going to streamline the way you're doing all this stuff it's really going to ramp up the way that you onboard people and the whole life cycle of the employee experience inside the small business community and kind of legitimize that past the point of any kind of paper and stuff that I always kind of attribute this back to my first job at that value at a reseller out of Ohio. You know, 
my first week there was just getting through paperwork and then they handed me basically a stack of Hoover's leads and wanted me to just basically cold call out the ass. Oh, Island dial. Oh. I mean, if you can do that in the first month and feel like you you made a good decision, I think a lot of people, you know, that first impression you have with your new employer makes you second guess, you know, whether or not you took the right job. And I think that the PEO model really does feel a lot like, okay, we've got our together. We have a lot of things to offer these uh, these employees that could otherwise go and chase that big paycheck with, with a bigger company. Right. No, that's a good explanation and a good because I think most people have been in that situation, whether it's cold calling or not, but that first job in the corporate world is like, oh crap, what did I just get myself into? I haven't found that in the small business world. I was like, oh crap, look what I got into. And yeah. like smile on my face and like, oh, this is awesome. I'll work till midnight and then some. Yeah, and horror would be my experience. More. They yeah. gave me a, no horror. Oh. If they gave me a, a list of people to call, it'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. What did I do? Yeah. yeah. I remember you saying you wouldn't, you didn't think you were going to last four hours in a cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. But I really attribute Insperity to really broadening my ideas of what business development meant because I started out, like I said, making that calls. I thought that you had to live on your phone, live at your desk, and that's how you made everything happen. And I realized that the network-based business development, doing right by the people that are introducing you into opportunities is really gonna increase your closing percentage dramatically. It's gonna shorten your sales cycle dramatically. You're gonna cut through them so much quicker. And if you're if you're just smiling and dialing to somebody that doesn't know you, you've gotta really try to create a way to, to create a relationship over the phone in 30 to 50 seconds. It's, yeah. not, it's a pretty audacious expectation, honestly. So I've really enjoyed what Insperity kind of instilled in me in trying to do right by your people and your network, you know, serve the small business clients that you have and let them be your champions in your business development effort. Yeah, and it's a good like business lesson in general too. Maybe we'll make this more of a business episode, Brandon, but that whole, especially in Charlotte too, networking, who you know, referrals, all that stuff, it shortens the sales cycle, it's easier conversations, it's better conversations, it's right. all of that good stuff. And Charlotte's phenomenal for that. I mean, Brock, you're just getting into this world, but have you seen that even already? Well, I've been on the sidelines here. I mean, again, we've been in Charlotte eight years, but you're talking about how he pimped you out to all these companies. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't want to Thank steal you. your thunder. Go ahead. But to watch what Jeff's been able to create from a network aspect in his time in Insperity and now at PearP is phenomenal. He's a master networker, a connector of all people. Even at the point where any of our friends that are looking for jobs or, you know, it's not necessarily direct business for him, but he's willing to do whatever he can to connect the dots just on a lunch, coffee, happy hour. Anyone within his network, if he is able to provide value to someone in his network, he kind of goes above and beyond and he makes that connection. So how I can speak to that you know, directly here is that <laughs> Jeff has actually my last two jobs prior, actually last three jobs prior joining Pair PEO. <laughs> actually four with Pair PEO. Right, right. Wow. wow. Jeff has actually loaded <laughs> my resume over into a, a couple of decision makers there. I get the interview and end up joining the team. And shortly after, it's kind of strange, and Jeff, ends up Jeff ends up landing the deal after <laughs> So again, it's I, all selfish, really. I'm still, I, you know, I, I, the part of the negotiations of my salary joining Jeff and Pair PEO, I'm still waiting for my kickback and commissions for getting Jeff those deals. For the previous job. Exactly. Right. So you still, got it. We are still getting paid on this. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, enough. there you go. Fair You're enough. really playing the long game. <laughs> yes. You're smarter than all of us exactly. at the end. <laughs> yeah. But no, I would say yeah, I've learned a ton just watching and observing how Jeff networks here in Charlotte. And I really think he he had a great idea. He was kind of trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to make some connections to some people I don't know rather than just going to every networking event under the sun in Charlotte. Right. And so he just went to our roots. He went 
Just did a LinkedIn search, Northeast Ohio, now living in Charlotte, maybe some Akron grads to connect with, and that's just kind of how he got his footing, and I just think it's kind of ballooned and blossomed from there into something that is extremely powerful to the point where Jeff doesn't have to make a single cold call in his business today. Right, which is awesome. And to say this, sorry, Brian, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to make a quick comment. So, Jeff, if, if he didn't get the job, would that have really messed up your sales process? <laughs> and you would have had to not float that resume ever again? Yeah, it, no, you know, I, uh, he's got a 100% <laughs> hit rate on the, re- on the, I use him as this little seed. He gets in there and he blossoms into a super productive piece of these organizations. And then, you know, it's really easy for me to go back in and have the conversation around this boring topic of the payroll and benefits. <laughs> once, it, I've, once I've already got you know, a mole on the inside. An inside man, yeah. Probably I'm like, adding a thousand. He's like, man, he if you think he's good, wait till you get a hold of me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's funny because that first job I'm talking to you about, they wanted to hire Brock initially. And then he's like, you know, you should talk to Mike. He, he took a different job with a tech recruiting firm and the uh, owner who had turned out to be like a super friend. Like I, he gets a Christmas card every year type of owner. Like is it one okay. of the small businesses where you just, you know, everyone's a family member inside of it. And Brock declined the job and then he referred me in. So I've been paying him back ever since. But there you oh, go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Way to get it back, way to scale, you know, get the scales back or Yeah, there. it's not all me just taking. You know? <laughs> There's a give and take, all right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Cousins being friendly, that's good. Yeah. That's good. But no, to your point about the networking and I, Jeff is, Arguably the guy to know in Charlotte, in my opinion. I'm not just saying that because you're here. I'll ask people like, oh, do you know Jeff? Don't even need a last name. You're like, oh, yep. And then that's the end of the conversation because everybody knows Jeff and all the right people know Jeff. So right. you have done a pretty incredible job. Jackie, you got a big head. So. Yeah, man. I well, you're taking bigger. that out of it. Yeah, Don't worry. These, these headphones are going to pop right <laughs> off. We're going to readjusted. we got a garage door you can exit through. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that door isn't, that front door is not going to work. Right. <laughs> but uh, that Ohio connection, Jeff. I mean, that was probably pivotal. Yeah, and I, and I think that, with, and Brian, you can probably speak to this too, being an Ohio transplant. Like when I first came down here, and, I, and again, I'm getting introduced to the networking-based biz dev strategy for the first time, and I'm just going out trying to have conversations and build a network. And when I came down here using like the Charlotte Zip tagline on LinkedIn, the approval, like the acceptance rate on that was remarkable with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and people that didn't necessarily turn into clients, but turned into other allies in different markets and different conversations that had nothing to do with Ohio. So yeah. the starting point with Ohio was strong because there's so much of us, so many of us down here, it's just an infestation. But but after that, you get a lot of new doors open once you kind of get your cadence down and you can really bring an impact because all of a sudden now you have a whole bunch of people that you know that do different things that can provide different value and you can cross introduce and all of a sudden you're creating value that doesn't have any real dollars coming to you. but generally people want to bring value back to people people that bring them value that's exactly right yeah I don't yeah know. i was gonna say i didn't really have an experience i didn't really have an experience with networking in ohio because i kind of worked fortune 500 space so it was a little bit different but that is definitely something that i found is right away like the willingness to like connect get to know you even if it's not going to be super deep but just get to know you well enough that like hey this person could just be an ally and i'm good with that you know and i think that's kind of cool and, and your way of doing that by connecting you know with other transplants is clearly why we also did this podcast i mean we like being able to connect with people that are not from charlotte here in charlotte right yeah that's exactly right that's i mean what's the season that's like it's like the black fly season in ohio when you like you you know, drive down it's pigeons the midges oh the midges yeah that's the, like mayflies yeah the mayflies thank you I'm they thinking just, like, back to the car. Indians Yankees playoff match where Joppa yeah, Chamberlain go. lost it and couldn't. We got a baseball fan here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk to me this year. Deal. 
How the Guardians doing? <laughs> hey, we're they're actually not doing three bad. games over 500. Yeah. Hey man, um, we got a really we got the youngest roster in the MLB. We've Jose got, Ramirez, got, MVP candidate. We won't be able Definitely. to afford half the talent that's on the roster a year or two from now, like always. But uh, but Jose signed a dumb deal with us that was a huge discount, <laughs> and uh, he's playing like a, an MVP right now. Yeah. So he's winning a lot of games for us. He is. He's got to make up yeah. for that salary for the next contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. I, I, again, I think he's just the guy that feels like, okay, $100 million is probably more than enough that I'm ever going to need. And I'm shocked that his agent let him sign that because he oh, probably sure. could have made double or triple that if he represented yeah. by somebody that was a little bit more money hungry. But Jose's comfortable in Cleveland, and we're more than happy to have him. His agent probably looks like you after pulling all of his hair out yeah. and not taking <laughs> test in the open market. It's got to get trapped, Easy on so. the hair that, That's a ball joke for you. Uh, yeah. For everyone out there. For those of you that don't know. For I, the video listeners. I've got very little hair here. <laughs> He's just taller than his hair. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, the angels aren't doing good anymore. Well, we'll talk about baseball another time. Hey, well, um, i got to bring up old stuff. <laughs> so, Brian, are you a big Browns guy? I am, yeah. I grew up, I actually grew up in Mansfield, so I was kind of right between Cleveland and Columbus. So it was always Cleveland sports and, and the Buckeyes. So, so you didn't yeah. you didn't run away and go to Pittsburgh, huh? Most people down there can usually you know, put some Pittsburgh stuff on if they're feeling a little bit depressed by the last couple decades. Nope. I figured I lasted long enough. Now there's no point ever switching because I hopefully have endured the worst. Yeah, pot committed. So... Yeah. yeah. So no, not a chance. Always a Browns fan. Brian, if Baker's playing against Cleveland that first week, we, we, we chalking that up as a loss. Probably he's going to be playing against <laughs> Jacoby. And he's here in town. We got all kinds of people coming in from Northeast Ohio to come watch that game. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm hoping to be there for that as well. But uh, no, nah, I'd still give the Browns a nod. I think Miles Garrett wants to sack himself from Baker. So. I'm already preparing for the 350-yard performance by Baker, four touchdowns, no interception. <laughs> That's just the Browns fan of me preparing that, for the worst. That, I was going to say that does scream Browns right there. Yep. I always love talking to Browns fans at the beginning of the season because, like, the past few years, like, always, like, highly rated, like, oh, like, one of the best in the AFC. And they're like, guys, we're still the Browns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we generally, this time of year, we can't, we, we feel bulletproof. Obviously, all the Deshaun stuff weighing overhead is going to make our pessimism grow a little bit for 2022. But if, assuming it's only a one-year suspension, I think it, 2023, we're going to come with a really equipped to win now roster, and we'll see if our coach is good enough to really take him to that next level. I love it. The Browns model. There's and, always and next it, year. If, <laughs> I'm already planning for and, it. And, and if that doesn't if that doesn't work, we can go back to cheering for the Super Bowl we normally win, which is the draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although we can't anymore. We just yeah, gave up I mean, our draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Are you we'll, referring? We'll, we'll drop down to minor league football. There you go. There it is. Were you referring to Johnny Menzel? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, ce we celebrated that big time whenever we drafted Johnny Menzel. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk ourselves into every draft pick we make. Every time. It's un yeah, it's uncanny how much faith we have in, you know, the preseason before before everything gets started and, and the wheels come off the bus. But no, that's what's great about the NFL. Every team has hope at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And every, every week. Yeah. I mean, that's what's fun about the NFL yeah. is you can lose to anybody, you can beat anybody. It depends on the game plan and how ready you're. you're, you're and a couple of things going your way, obviously. The NFL is a lot of fun. Every week's a mystery that you have to bet on because you would never expect some of the outcomes that you end up seeing on Sundays, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. And us here in Charlotte and Carolina in general with the Panthers, there's always hope every week. Yeah. It doesn't always work out, but yeah. we've always well, got hope. The problem, and this, Brian, you may have felt this too, the problem me and Brock have had since we moved down here is that the, the, the fair weather fans of, of the Carolina Panthers is absolute, and this is probably going to offend a lot of the listeners, <laughs> but 
Know your if, audience, Jeff. If, if they start off, you know, two and two, it's all of a sudden it's a bear stadium. The opposing teams taking over the stadium every week. It just seems yeah. like it would be a very frustrating fan or a very frustrating franchise to follow. If you're, if you're going to the games every week and watching every other team just take over the stadium. Yeah. Being an Arizona Cardinals I, fan. I agree. <laughs> that's exactly what it's like every single game. Is it? Because yeah. everyone transplants to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Everyone from the cold places all go to Arizona, so it's warm. Yep. I went to a Vikings-Arizona game. Now, the Cardinals destroyed the Vikings, but it was 99% Vikings. Steeler oh. game. Oh, yeah. A guy had a sign that said, Heinz Field West. Yeah. Walking into the stadium. I was like, dude, you got some balls on you to walk in. Sure. That is the good. He wasn't alone. Go ahead, Brian. You know what? I think is, I mean, so you guys tell me this. Like, I mean, as Browns fans, I remember, like, going to the game, and you would walk through two miles of tailgating just to get to the stadium. And it feels like that's an aura that's missing with Carolina. Like, there is no, like, at least I don't see it, but, like, long area where everybody's tailgating. You're not wrong, Brian. The tailgating here is very segmented and just it doesn't have a whole lot of cohesion. Obviously, there what you're referring to is the Muni lot there in Ohio, which is that's uh, right, yeah, the birthplace of all debauchery and tons of fun and a place that you go if you know you're going to lose the game and you're just trying to get as drunk as possible before you go in there to get your hopes so up. Don't remember, but yes. Why? Well, I know, and I was only 12, and that was still my goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Start him young in Ohio. <laughs> So, Brian, you've been down here for a long time? For six years. Oh, six nice. years? Okay, cool. Yeah. When we first moved down here, is, uh, oddly enough, the Browns were playing in Charlotte. And so we are gearing up for a big tailgate, got a couple kegs, ready to rock and roll. We get out to where we think everyone's going to be tailgating around 6 a.m. and realize we're the only ones in the parking lot. Yeah. And just looking around, setting up our tent and canopy, like, all right, where's everybody at? And I, I again, it probably wasn't close to maybe 10, 11 o'clock when it felt like after, a lot of after the, church let that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So a lot, a lot yeah, of the uh, exactly Panthers right. fans started funneling in, but that's the expectation in Cleveland is that you got all your beer bought the night before, you're ready to roll, you're leaving the house around five in the morning, depending on you know where you're coming from. But then you're gonna wait in about a 45 to an hour, a minute line to get into that Mooney lot and hopefully have a hope have a space to set up and then. As Jeff mentioned, the debauchery unfolds, but it's just a different tailgating scene. Well, I just, I really do wish that the Panthers had something similar to that, that, that type of tailgating atmosphere. It's right. just a very exciting and fun. It's a great time. Sounds like a business opportunity. Well, I, and, well, I was going to say the funny thing is the tailgating in Cleveland starts at the same time, no matter what time the game is. So if they're on Sunday night football, <laughs> you've had eight. You've had 18 hours of tailgating before they play. And Monday Night Football, too, Brian. It, it starts, uh, they still start <laughs> Sunday morning. Well, right. yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody goes to work on Monday anyway. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> well, and you know what's funny is I've been kind of a lot of different places as far as going to see sporting events. And tailgating is vastly different depending where you're at. California, yeah. you get there, you get in your car, you get to the place, and they kick you out of your car and make you go to the stadium. Oh, wow. You cannot wow. hang out Interesting. and tailgate. Yeah. Like Angel Stadium, Dodger Stadium, yeah. football, you're, well, there's one. The only place you can tailgate is at the Rose Bowl. Okay. And that's epic Yeah. because it's college be cool. and well, it's at a golf course, so it's awesome. But other than that... You have to get in, get out. Now, KC, professionals. Yeah. Those guys have a gigantic field 
and that's all it is. Yeah. Here, not so much. It's parking lots. Yep. Scattered. Steelers was pretty good. They yeah. have like one whole lot dedicated to. There was like a trailer with a bar set up. Like you come in with tickets, you get food, drinks. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it's a different animal up there for sure. And again, buffalo like problem too. Yeah, buffalo. I'm sure. Oh is yeah. Unbelievable. Oh my goodness. But yeah, down here again, like there's things that can be improved. Obviously, there's a lot of chatter about stadium moving and stuff like that. So hopefully, a lot of that experience is built into whatever they decide to do if they decide to build something else. Well, right. Shortly That's after good... we moved down is when the Panthers made their Super Bowl run. Yeah. And we, That's I right. mean, that football season, I think we really had a heart-to-heart about our fandom of as being Browns fans. Yeah, we, we were, were ready to jump. Yeah, was, we, 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 we just came one in 31 yeah. over the last 32 <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a very dark time in our fanhood, and we're just like, man, this team is booming, the city was booming, it was very exciting. But again, if there's any adversity, and it seems like a 500 season or maybe a little less, it just seems that there's just so much more to do in Charlotte. Right. Right. You can go to the lakes, you go to Asheville, you go to the beaches. I think there's probably other things that occupy people's attention other than football. And I think that's probably why Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Ohio, and, and Cleveland, that's why the tailgating is really elevated because there's nothing else to do up there. <laughs> it's the only option. Football. <laughs> right. And there's that's, no, that's such a hobby. good point. There's no plans made around. People are planning on going to the games and they're gonna they're not gonna book a last minute weekend vacation because their team sucks. They're just gonna right. go they're gonna right. go fight through it, drink through it, have a good time at the tailgate and then MF the team on the field. Yeah. And yeah. Charlotte it's like, oh the Panthers are playing, you wanna go that now let's just go to the Whitewater Center and exactly. hang yeah. out yeah. all day. Right. Now, that is a very good point. I, we're gonna have to wrap up on that point. But okay. it is a good teaser for next episode if we bring that up again. But awesome conversation, guys. Thank you both for coming on. This was an absolute No, thank you for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it, Jack and Brandon. And Brian, good luck on your way down to, where's he at? Charleston. Enjoy, man. man. You going to do some golfing down there? Nope. Strictly work. So down and back. Pain on you. That that sucks. Next time. But I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Plan better next time. Yeah. (laughs) That one's on you, Brian. All right. Thanks again to Brewers at 4001 Yancey. Thanks again, guys. And we'll talk soon. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah.